This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. And good morning, Detroit. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. I want to take time and thank you for tuning in. You tuned into the right station at the right time and at the right hour. I believe that there is a supernatural plan that God has for you to receive a healing, deliverance, or an encouraging word of the Lord to lift you up. So I don't want you to touch that dial. I know it might be late night. I know you might be getting ready to go to bed, or you might be doing whatever. It's Saturday night, so you could be in a million different places, but don't touch the dial. I want you to stay tuned tonight. We have an awesome show for you. I believe there's something very powerful, a truth the Spirit of God wants to bring forward in your life to revolutionize the way that you think, to grow you and take you one more step deeper into the Lord Jesus Christ and your understanding and revelation of Him. So I don't want you to touch that dial. Before we get started tonight, I want to remind you that we have a podcast. If you go on iTunes, you can type in On the Road with Chris Palmer, and you'll find all of our shows just about that have been archived for your listening enjoyment. They're absolutely free, and so you can go in there and listen to them as many times as you want, as much as you would like to listen to them. They're for your benefit and for your spiritual growth. Also, I want to remind you that we are a listener-supported broadcast if the Transforming Truth has been a blessing to you. If you tune in on a regular basis and you want to partner with us, you can go to www.chrispalmerministries.com and you can give financially or you can uh, write to us at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. We are going to be starting June 4th broadcasting the transforming truth in the Boston, Cambridge area. We'll be reaching schools like Harvard, MIT, some of the Ivy Leagues that are out there, uh, reaching the whole area. We'll be on AM 590, The Wheeze, and we believe, uh, actually we'll be there uh, on Tuesday nights at 7.30 p.m. And so we'll be broadcasting, and we're continually expanding this broadcast. There's a lot of people that are on talk radio. You have sports radio. But listen, there needs to be more Holy Ghost radio. And so continue to help us in our vision as we go forth. We get testimonies from people telling us how they've received healing or deliverance or God has touched them on this broadcast. So we want to encourage you to partner with us uh, on the Transforming Truth as we continue to go forward with our program across the United States and eventually around the world with the broadcast. And so we have something I want to share with you tonight. We've been talking about on the broadcast the hidden man of the heart, according to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 4. It says here, But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. The Greek word for spirit is the word numeva. It means breath. It means wind. It means spirit. But really the true meaning is that the best concrete definition of the word is inner life. If you're listening tonight, you are a spirit. You're a spirit being. You were created by the very breath of God. And in order to function in the kingdom of God, you have to understand spiritual reality. Jesus, when he came to the earth, he preached about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God that the Lord Jesus preached was not a kingdom that you could see with your eyes. The only way that you could see the kingdom of God was with your spiritual eyes. Your body has eyeballs. Your body has a mind. Your body has hands and fingers and feet. But also, remember, you are spirit. And your spiritual inner life has eyeballs that can see spiritual things. It has spiritual ears that can hear spiritual things. And when you enter into the kingdom of God, when you become born again, when the life that was in Jesus comes inside of you and eradicates and rips out the old sinful man of the heart, you now are full of the new nature, you're full of the life of God, your spirit man has become alive in Christ, and you have been reconciled unto God. At that point, I've taught on this broadcast before, the Lord has sent us, God has sent us the third person of himself, who is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's job is to come along and to begin to teach you. He's begin to lead you, and he begins to guide you. 
there's something in scripture called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're in water baptism when you get saved, then you get water baptized. Water baptism doesn't save you. Water baptism is an outward, uh, outward signature of what's happened on the inside. It's telling people, it's the ceremony. It's letting people know what happened to you when you decided to follow Jesus. When you're saved, you get water baptized. Sinners don't get water baptized. Believers get water baptized. Your flesh is baptized in water baptism. But when you get born again, and you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's a baptism that happens on your inner man. It's your inner man that comes into full union through surrender to the Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit comes along. He brings a prayer language with that. It's called praying in other tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost, which every believer can enter into the moment they're baptized in the Spirit of God. And so your spirit comes into complete union with the Holy Spirit. And it is out of that union that you have with the Spirit of God when you're born again, listen, that you can begin to live as a spiritual being. Do you ever stop and think about that believer or person that's listening tonight, friend of the ministry? Do you ever stop and think about the fact that when you're trafficking to work, when you're running the rat race, when you're dealing with clients, and when your people are coming in and you're working and, and uh, you're dealing with uh, customers on a day-to-day -day basis, do you ever stop to think that you're dealing not just with human beings, but you're dealing with spiritual beings? If you're dealing with born-again Christians, you're dealing with saved and reconciled beings that have been reconciled to God. But then there's times where you deal with people that don't know God. You're dealing with spiritual beings that don't know Jesus, and therefore they have not been reconciled to God. You're dealing with people that have the life of God in them, and you're dealing with spirits that do not know God or don't have the knowledge of God. And so what I want to talk tonight about is what I'm going to term spiritual profiling spiritual profiling and it's biblical i'm going to show you in just a second spiritual profiling is the screening of individuals to decide based upon who they are in their inner man by who they are on the inside you determine whether or not you should get in a relationship with that person or a business relationship or a romantic relationship or a friendship with that person or a contractual agreement with that person uh, based upon who they are on the inside. And based upon that screening, you can determine how far you want to go in that relationship with that person. Now, I know that sounds a little bizarre, and you say, Reverend Palmer, what, what in the world are you talking about? Well, let me read this to you. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says here, uh, Wherefore, henceforth, we don't know any man after the flesh. Yeah, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. The Apostle Paul was very clear about the fact that the moment that he became born again, he didn't know people by their outward appearance. You know, we make that mistake today. There are so many people today that are out there living life in their flesh, judging people based upon what they see on the outside. My English teacher used to tell me, you cannot judge a book by its cover. Well, and I'll say it like this, you cannot judge a person. You cannot make a fair assessment about a person based upon their skin color. You can't make a fair assessment about a person based upon what you see with your own natural physical eyes. That's called prejudice. But... You can, by the Spirit of God, know somebody on the inside, and that is how the Spirit of God wants you, child of God, to begin living, knowing people through their inner man. You say, well, Brother Palmer, how am I supposed to do that? I'm going to show you tonight. It's not prejudice. It is not anything that's wrong. It is about listening to the voice of the Spirit of God to lead and guide you. This is called profiling somebody's spirit. Now listen. That's what I'm calling it. But the Bible talks about the hidden man of the heart. The Bible talks about knowing no people after the flesh. Even Paul said to himself, or said to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he said, Hey, listen, I know that I came to you and I in weakness of flesh. In other words, his outer appearance wasn't much to look at. But he says, When I started preaching, I preached to you in the demonstration of the Spirit and in power 
and it was me that was responsible for the continuation of the church at Corinth. And so you're going to listen to me, even though my flesh doesn't look like much, even though that I don't look like much or appear like much on the outside, inside of me, I'm a reborn spirit that's been charged with the life and power of the living God. He would emit a fragrance from him. He would emit from him the life of the living Christ. And it's up to you, child of God, someone that has been given the knowledge and the uh, anointing of the Spirit to know people when they come into your presence, to know spirits on a day-to-day basis. Every time somebody crosses your path, every time you pass someone on the freeway, you're passing a spiritual being. And I'm going to show you that tonight. Colossians chapter 3 and verse verse number 9. Paul is writing this book that we call Colossians. It's one of the most interesting books of the New Testament. Actually, it's one of my favorite books in the New Testament because the Apostle Paul begins to get into Revelation and starts hinting at some of the spiritual understanding that he has received that he doesn't talk about in other books. And in light of this wisdom and revelation, in light of this understanding that he's received from the Spirit of God, he makes a declaration and he says this, Where there is therefore neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian or Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. And he said that's because we have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. What is Paul saying here? Paul is simply saying that when you become conscious of the spirit realm, through the witness and the helper, the Holy Spirit, the eyes of your understanding or your eyes of your spiritual man are going to be opened. And you're going to start to realize that it doesn't matter what color of skin a person has. It doesn't matter the culture a person was brought up in. doesn't matter the language that they speak. They are spirit and it's that spirit that matters. You're not dealing with a white person. You're not dealing with a black person. You're not dealing with a Hispanic person. You are dealing with a spirit. So Colossians deals with Paul's revelation beyond the veil of the flesh. And you'll start to see that in the first chapter he talks about the invisible God that created all heavenly beings. He says that by him were all things created, thrones and dominions, principalities and powers, all things were created by him and for him and because of him all things do consist. This same spirit, this same invisible God who put upon himself human flesh, Jesus Christ, he created you. And the same God that created every angelic host, the cherubim and the seraphim and the zoe, and all of the, the, the even the angels that rebelled and are now in the kingdom of darkness, he created them. He didn't create them evil, but he created them. This same God also created you. Do you know what that means? That means that you are in the same class as those angelic spiritual beings that you cannot see with your natural eye. You are a spiritual being and you're just as spiritual as any being that now moves and goes to and from the spirit realm. Well, I don't know if I can accept that, Brother Palmer. Well, you're going to have to accept that. You will, as a child of God, be limited and capped by religion by religion if you fail to break into the realm of the spirit i'm going to say that again because it's so good you as a child of god will be limited and capped and detained by religion if you fail to break in to the realm of spirit i cannot tell you how many people that i meet that i used to go to church with 10 12 years ago that are so bitter at religion. They're so bitter at the church. They're so upset and they're so mad. They're just disgusted with what they've been taught. And I think to myself, how can they be like this? They sat in church for 10 years, 12 years, 14 years. They sat in church and listened to the same preaching that I heard preached. And now they're mad and they're upset. Some people blame the church. Some people blame their parents. Some people blame their pastors. Let me tell you this. What they're upset at is religion. 
because religion could not produce for them the experience and the encounter that they wanted to have with Jesus Christ. And the only way that you can have an encounter with Jesus Christ is if you bust past the natural realm and you shift into the supernatural realm. And I look at them and, you know, people today, let me just take a side note, they're mad at the church. Someone put on Facebook the other day, they said, uh, what do you think the biggest problem we have uh, that, that, uh, that, that we deal with today among Christians? And somebody's answer was the church. Let me tell you something. The church is not the problem and God is not mad at the church. God, through Jesus Christ, established the church and you forget that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. If the church is failing, then Jesus is failing. It's not the church's fault. It's not the church's problem that believers, that unbelievers are upset. The church is who God loves. Is he's who, who God cares about. When people say the church, what they should really say is people that pose as the real church. People that are full of religion. People that are hypocrites that cannot produce the supernatural, that cannot produce power, that cannot produce power in their preaching, that cannot, cannot produce conviction, and cannot give people an encounter with Jesus Christ and get them delivered and set free from drugs and alcohol and promiscuousness and addiction. But that is not the church, because the true church are the people operating in power. The true church are the people that know Jesus and stand up and speak forth the truth. So the church isn't the problem. It's people that are infected with religion. And religion is the problem. And Jesus nor the apostles ever preached religion. When you go back to the book of Colossians, you'll find out that these people in Colossians were religious. The Jews wanted to stay true to the law. They wanted to observe the, Mo uh, the law of Moses, thinking that could get them to God. And Paul had to come along to the church at Colossians and at the church of Galatia and say, Hey, listen. This law of Moses is never going to get you to access God. The law of Moses was fulfilled by Jesus and it was laid aside. And the only way that you can receive Jesus or to get to God is through Christ. And when you receive Christ, the glory that was on Moses, the glory that was on his face, so that he had to wear a veil, that glory moves from the Ten Commandments. It moves from the righteousness of the law and it gets into your reborn spirit. And that old nature that kept the Israelites from receiving and doing the law is removed and you receive a new nature that has the law written in your new nature. That's what he was trying to tell them. And so he was trying to, you know, Paul spent most of his time dealing with believers, dealing with Christians, telling them not to go back under the law. You look at the whole book of Hebrews as a cry to Jewish believers telling them don't go back under the law. Don't do it. This is why. And he gives you 13 chapters and tells you why you're not to go back under the law of Moses and how Christ is much better. He's better than the angels. He's better than the Levitical priesthood. He's better than the apostles. He is better than everybody. And so I think to myself sometimes that when Paul was writing these books, he was hinting at revelation knowledge that he had of the cosmos and of the heavenlies, but he could not give this understanding to people because they were so hung up and strung out with religion that he spent most of his letters convincing people why we shouldn't go back under the old religious system. And so when people are stuck on religion through prejudice, it keeps them and blocks them from entering into the spiritual and into the supernatural. And so I know there's a lot of times, and I know great, some great preachers that have said in times past that they've broken into the realm of the spirit and they've received understanding of Jesus, understanding of spiritual things that they wanted to share with the church, but they couldn't share it because the church was not at a place or their particular congregation was not at a place where they could receive that revelation knowledge from God. Paul hints at this. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that, there is, that he wanted to speak to them as spiritual, but they were carnal, babes. He's, and, and the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 5 says, For there ought to be a time that you be cheat teachers, but you have become those that need the sincere milk of the word of God. And I can't give you meat because you're so carnal in your thinking and the way that you ostracize yourself as Jews away from the Gentiles. Did you know that if there is any hint of racism in your heart as a believer, if you as a particular race can't worship with other races, that God is going to limp, that your, your walk in God and your progress in God is going to be highly limited? 
You won't be able to enter into the fullness of the things that God has for you being blocked out through gross carnality that manifests itself through racism or prejudice. In the body of Christ, any time the Spirit of God moved, the very first thing that he takes the sword to and begins to cut apart and slay is that spirit of racism because racism is the one indication that people are not walking spiritually because they don't see the inner man of the heart and they're moved by culture and they're moved by what they see with their natural eyes. And I believe in this day and age that we're living in, especially here in the city of Detroit and other places, that God is getting ready to smash that wall of racism and he has to do it and you know people say sometimes that sunday is the most segregated hour in uh, in america and it is here's the thing if we're going to walk as the church of the lord jesus christ when people go into a service they have got to learn to become spiritual they got to learn to walk and see with the eyes of their spiritual man when somebody is seeing with the eyes of their spiritual man they don't walk into a church that has another race that's different from them primarily and get moved by what they're not used to or get moved by what they're uncomfortable with. Because the minute they walk in, they don't see that anymore. They see the presence of God. They see the glory of God. They see the anointing of God that's on the preacher's life. And what begins to happen is their spirit man begins to reach out and pull on the anointing. It doesn't matter what race that man of God is. It doesn't matter what the music sounds like. He begins to draw the anointing of God. Why? Because his inner man is the one that's in control. His inner man is the one that is plugged in to the anointing of God. His inner man is plugged into the spirit of God. And he begins to receive from that. When people walk in, they say, well, it was nice going to that church, but, you know, I'm just going to go back and, and probably never return again. But that just tells me that you're carnal. Because you had a problem the whole time you were sitting in the service, you were uncomfortable. The whole time you were sitting in the service and you felt like you didn't belong. That is a carnal mind. And Paul had the same problem in the church of Colossus. And he told them, listen, Jews. You need to start worshiping with the Gentiles. And Gentiles, you need to start receiving the Jews. And stop allowing this vortex to stand between the two of you. Don't allow this wedge of racism to separate you any longer because you're walking as those that are spiritually blind, having your predominant uh, focus on the natural man. Where are you at today, friend? Are you profiling people based upon what you see on the outside? Are you profiling people based upon you see on the inside. When you profile people based upon the outside, you miss so much. You're going to get fooled when you do that. You're opening your up yourself for deception. But when you look at people on the inside and the Spirit of God begins to show you things about that person on the inside, that's when you can start walking in the unity that's in the Spirit. And so, as the church, the only way that we can move forward from operating through the eyes of the carnal man and get away from anything that detains us through the flesh. Paul tells you that in, First Corinthians, in Colossians chapter 1.9. He says that since the time that he heard of their faith in Colossus, it says that he prayed that they would receive wisdom in spiritual understanding, that they might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, that they'd be fruitful in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God. That's his prayer. He said that they would receive wisdom in spiritual understanding. Now, the wisdom in spiritual understanding that Paul prayed for the church of Colossus to receive in the ninth verse of the first chapter, he mentions it again. When he says in Colossians chapter 3, If you be risen with Christ, seek those things that are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. People say, well, what is the things that we're supposed to, you know, put our minds on and think about the things that are above? So people think that putting scriptures on the refrigerator or that this is setting your mind on things above. And it is because the word of God is higher than your thoughts. But God not only just wants to give you the written word, which is the logos, he wants to give you the rhema. And the things where we set our mind on, the things that are above, that is the spiritual understanding that comes when you start seeing with the eyes of your inner man. How does that happen, Brother Palmer? Well, that happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you when you surrender to Him, and it's the Spirit of God's job to take the veil that's keeping your spiritual eyes from seeing, and He starts ripping it down, and He starts pulling it away, and your eyes start to see what is in front of you in the realm of the Spirit. And when that begins to happen, the revelation that you're going to receive about what is going on in the realm of the spiritual 
When you start understanding that people are spirits and you start understanding their spiritual activity that's going on, that's responsible for the addictions that are in your family, that's responsible for the depression that you face, that's responsible for the habits that you have formed, when you start seeing that, it's going to start become it's going to start demeaning the prejudice and the race the racism that you have or whoever has in their heart that's keeping believers from worshiping together. Because you're going to start seeing that there's a higher truth, and that truth is the Word of God. It's the spirit realm that exists around us. Now listen, when we fail to see with our spiritual eyes, we blind ourselves to the spirits that we encounter on a regular basis. I'm going to say that again. When you fail to see with your spiritual eyes, listen, you have been given spiritual eyes. Oh, How do you know? Well, you're a spirit, right? Yes. Well, you remember what it says that the rich man and Lazarus both died and Lazarus saw the rich man in Abraham's bosom and the rich man said to Lazarus, Lazarus, please take your finger and dip it in the water and cool my tongue. I'm tormented in this flame. Uh, these were spiritual beings in the afterlife, in Abraham's bosom and other ones in outer darkness in hell. And he says, hey, take your finger and dip it in the water and put it on my tongue. Well. Jesus is teaching this story, and he's telling you that spirits have fingers. If spirits have fingers, is it possible that spiritual beings have eyeballs, or are they just big fingers? No, they have eyeballs. They look like you in the natural, a spirit, but they're spiritual beings, and they have eyes, and you can see with those eyes because you're a spirit. And when you don't use the eyes of your spiritual man, you're going to start to encounter trouble often people will go around and they'll profile people and they'll fail to realize that when you look at someone on the outside and size them up by what you see on the outside the reason you get in trouble is because the profile on the outside doesn't usually match many times the profile that's on the inside Many times people show a great outward appearance, but they are rotten in the core. And many times people are feeble like the Apostle Paul on the outside, but on the inside they're a gem and they're a diamond. And so who you deal with outwardly may not be who you're dealing with inwardly. If you're a businessman, think about times where you've made a bad decision. You may have hired somebody that you shouldn't have hired. I was with a businessman one time they said they hired a guy with an incredible resume, was an athlete, playing sports all through college, was, had charisma, he could talk, and then the minute they hired him, he's in the company, he starts stealing and taking from the company. Well, if they'd seen, if they had a born-again believer there that had spiritual eyes that were opened by the Holy Spirit, they would have seen that that man that had the charisma, though everything on his resume were true, he was rotten on the inside. His motivations, the intents of his heart were wrong. And parents, if you're listening tonight, you should operate in discernment when you allow your children to be around somebody. When you allow a babysitter to come into your home, you should know the person by the Spirit. When you allow anyone near your children, you should know by the Holy Ghost. When your kids are outside playing with other kids, you better know by the Spirit of God the Spirit that's in those kids. Or when you allow your kids to go to your friend's house, their friend's house and they have parents, you better know the spiritual atmosphere of that home because you don't want your kids picking up on something you know it's like you allow uh, your kids to associate with the wrong people they'll pick up wrong habits it's like a dog that goes out and starts playing with other dogs and you even though you trained your dog right he goes plays with dogs that are wrong and all of a sudden he comes back and he has fleas or he comes back and he's picked up a bad habit. Well, when you allow yourself to associate with people that have bad habits or you allow your kids to associate with families that are full of uh, all kinds of terrible issues. Then you know what will start happening. They can start picking them up. You got to be careful as a parent. You need to, Parents need to parent. And I'm not saying that you avoid them completely. But what I'm saying that you do is that you be very careful the influences that you allow into your home and that you allow into your family. Because, uh, you know, the day and age that we're living in calls for it. And, listen, uh, and it's a, mat it's a spiritual issue. It's a matter of being spiritual. And so, if we 
profile with our fleshly eyes, then it's possible that we can profile with the eyes of our spirit. And so, you know, there's a lot of times where people will come to me and and want counsel and they'll say, Brother Palmer, uh, I was hurt. They'll say, I was hurt because I was dealing with somebody that, you know, dealing with somebody that hurt me and I let them too far into my life and they hurt me. Uh, well, then this person usually will start blaming God for it. And it's all God's fault. Well, that's not God's fault. If you would have taken your responsibility and used the eyes of your spiritual man to see, you would have seen that the Spirit of God was showing you that this person was going to hurt you. So it's not necessarily God's fault when people get hurt. It's never his fault. It's our apathy to see with the eyes of our spirit. Now, I'll give you an example, all right? When I was a kid, uh, I remember that my mom used to take me grocery shopping with her. I was only about eight, nine years old, and, you know, all the other kids would be out playing basketball on the driveway during the summer, and 12, 30, 1 o'clock, my mom would come get me and take me to the grocery store. And when you're eight or nine, you don't want to go around the grocery store looking for deals and savings what you want to do is be out there playing basketball well she would take me anyway and there was really nothing i liked about grocery shopping except there was one thing that i did enjoy when i got of age my mom gave me the great responsibility of selecting the fruit that we were going to buy and i remember when i first went to go buy fruit she said i need three apples and four oranges and a couple of plums and a few pears whatever and i went over there and just the first fruit that i saw started putting them in the bag and my mom came over and says, no, 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 like any mother would do. And she says, this is not how you pick out fruit. And I thought, well, what do you mean? She said, the way that you pick out fruit is you have to be careful because you're going to have to eat this fruit. This fruit is going to have to go into your body. Let me show you how to do it. And what she would do is she would grab an apple and she'd hold it and she'd say, this is how you pick out a good apple. And the first thing she'd do is she'd start feeling it to make sure it was firm. But not too firm, but the right kind of firmness. You know, you, if you've done it before, you know exactly what kind of firmness an apple should be. Then after she felt that it was firm, then she'd look at it and make sure there was no quote-unquote bruises on it. Then she'd put it in, the, in, in, in the, uh, the bag. And she'd do it for three or four or five more apples. Then she'd walk over to the plums. And she'd say, now, you can't pick out plums the way you pick out apples. Because apples are supposed to be firm, they're supposed to be hard. Plums... If you, got, if you buy a real hard one like a rock, it's going to be bitter and it's going to give you a stomach ache and you're going to have to wait a few days to eat them. If you want to eat them within the next few days, you have to pick out ones that are just right. If they're too soft, you might as well throw them in the trash. Just right. She'd feel them out. Well, we would do it. She'd show me how to pick out this type for every, you know, we'd go over to the mangoes. She'd show me how to pick out a mango, what color to look for. And, you know, when we picked out berries, she'd show. So we did this for all the fruit. And... I started thinking to myself, and listen, understand this, that if you screen something as small as fruit in a supermarket, then you have the responsibility of training yourself to screen the fruit of the spirits that enter into your life. Unless you allow rotten fruit into your life and it begins to spoil you. Or unless you get committed to somebody that is rotten on the inside and they begin to hurt you and make you ill. And so before you commit to dealing with someone, before you commit to uh, getting in league or aligning yourself with someone, allow yourself to screen the fruits that they have in their inner man, not their outer man. Their outer man, their shell is not who they are. God judges no man by the flesh. He judges the inner man and what he wants you to do. And this is not judging people, but this is allowing the Holy Spirit to show you who you are dealing with. Because people today, they can put up false pretenses. They can front. They can act a certain way. See, this is why I tell people, for no, for no other reason, you need to get saved and born again so that you can come into the kingdom of God, know Jesus, and receive the help of the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost will only help an unbeliever up to a certain point. But when you become born again and become inside of Jesus, the Holy Ghost is going to show you the whole kingdom of God becomes yours, and your development as a spirit becomes, you know, the sky's the limit. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, 
We are going to talk about the spirit of seeing and knowing. So stay tuned, and we'll be back. Let me go off the sheet for a minute. Look where he brought me from. Here on the Transforming Truth Radio Broadcast, God bless you. We want to remind you again that we have a podcast, On the Road with Chris Palmer, available in our iTunes. In iTunes, if you search podcast, On the Road with Chris Palmer, you'll find our, our podcast. And so we want to say that in the middle of the hour, just so that you can get any show that you want uh, and listen to it as many times as you want to listen it to. Also, as I said at the beginning of our show. Uh, we are expanding our broadcast into the Boston-Cambridge area starting June 4th. We'll be on Tuesday nights at 7.30 p.m. This is not the end of where we want to expand. We have other places that we're looking into right now, but we need your support. If you want to support us in the Transforming Truth broadcast, we want you to, uh, you can write to us, P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. And we're committed to preaching the truth of God's Word in a society that is big on acceptance, that's big on tolerance. The Lord told me that you need to not preach tolerance, but preach transformation. People say, well, yeah, you know, but they were born that way. Or, well, you don't understand. You know, they just have this issue. Listen, God wants people not to tolerate. They want people to preach transformation. That you may hate who you are, but you can be changed inside of Jesus. You can, we're not trying to judge you, but we're trying to get you filled with the Holy Ghost so that you can 
remove yourself from that torment and get full of God and get full of peace and get full of the mind of God. It says in Isaiah 26, 3, that he'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. We have some incredible things that we're going to be doing as we move forward in our ministry. Our first book is going to come out in about 15 weeks. It's set to launch, and it's going to be a blessing for you. And then we have another book coming out after that. And so we need your support, and we ask for it humbly. And for those of our partners that have been supporting us up to this point, I want to say thank you. Uh, your support, uh, your prayers, your financial giving, it means the world as we continue forward with this broadcast. Thank you for your prayers. Continue to pray for us. Uh, we're not a ministry that waters down the Word of God. We are a ministry that believes in the unity of the Spirit. We're a ministry that has a heart for to see uh, racial reconciliation in the kingdom of God. A heart that has uh, a ministry that has a heart to see the supernatural power of the living God. We believe in discipling people. There's people that reach me all the time. And they say, you know, Reverend Palmer, that when I started listening to your show or coming to your services, I started operating in the supernatural power. I go into the malls and pray for people, and I see them healed. I, and I go places I, and with family members. I lead in my family to Jesus. We believe in that apostolic drive, uh, the moving forward of the kingdom, the drive that the apostles of old had to expand the kingdom of God. That's what this ministry is standing for, not a watered-down gospel. You know, we don't cater to uh, people that are, you know, that want to remain shallow. We want to take people deep in the truths of God. We want to pray for people and deliver people because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The spirit of seeing and knowing. Now, I had somebody ask me, they say, what is seeing and knowing? Now, that's a term that I use. You won't find this term in the Bible, but you'll find evidences of seeing and knowing in the Bible. And I don't mean seeing and knowing in the flesh. I mean seeing and knowing spiritually. Uh, this is the ability to know what is going on in the spirit realm. Now, the discerning of spirits, when you see into the spirit realm, you see angels or devils or you just know it. That's a division of seeing and knowing. Uh, the word of knowledge, prophecy. These are divisions of seeing and knowing. Even gifts of healing sometimes can be a division of seeing and knowing because you know by word of knowledge a sickness or disease that's taken place in somebody's body uh, supernaturally. So it is a revelatory ability that comes upon us and is a result of being in total union with the Holy Spirit. Now, you don't always have to have a word of knowledge every day. You're not always going to be seeing things in the spirit realm. I know men of God that are have dynamic ministries. They've made a huge dent in their area and their region of the world and have never seen into the spirit realm. That's a supernatural. There's no promise in the word of God that you're going to see into the spirit realm. But there is a promise in the word of God that you can see and know through the leading of the Holy Spirit. For as many as are led of God, they're the sons of God. You've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And so you have a promise to be led of the spirit of God. That's seeing and knowing. That's a division. The leadership of the spirit is the division of seeing and knowing. And Jesus, when he was on the earth, he operated in the spirit of seeing and knowing. He was aware of spiritual happenings. There's one instance in Mark chapter 5 and verse 30, we know the story. Jesus is walking through the crowd, and people are pushing and bumping up against them, and the crowd is noisy and it's loud. He probably was very difficult to hear, like when you're in a parade somewhere. And all of a sudden, he stops, and his disciples look at him, and probably were thinking, Master, why are you stopping? And he said, Who touched me? And they looked and said, Jesus, how could you say, Who touched me? There's people touching you and trying to get close to you, and you stop and say, who touched me? But when Jesus said that, he meant, who's had the special touch? Someone didn't just touch me with a normal, carnal touch. There was a touch of faith. Who touched me with the touch of faith? And he looked behind him, and there was a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. And she reached out saying, if only I can touch the hem of his garment, which was a prophecy in Malachi, that the Messiah would come with healing in his garments, healing in the tassels of his garments, that she would be healed. And she was. 
But the interesting thing we never focused on is that Jesus perceived that healing power had come out of him. How did he know healing power came out of him? He didn't see the woman. She came up from behind. He couldn't have seen her with his natural eyes. He saw her with his spiritual eyes. He perceived a spiritual inference. And because of that, he knew she had received her healing. And so he saw her with her, his spiritual perception. And that's part of the spirit of seeing and knowing. You know when things are happening to you that they're spiritual. Uh, I, rem I was uh, just recently with a, uh individual uh, at a store. And we were talking about a certain person. And uh, I had bumped into this gentleman at the store, and we were talking about the old days, and uh, we were talking about a certain person that we mutually knew, and he hadn't seen him in years, and I hadn't seen him in years. Uh, and so when I left, he, the guy we were talking about was on my heart, but I didn't even know where he was at. He just couldn't find him. Had no, hadn't seen him in years. And it wasn't long after that. I was on a walk, exercising, and this guy comes up to me on his bicycle and calls my name, and there he is. And I couldn't believe it. Most people would look at that as though, well, well, what a coincidence. But, and it could, there is such a thing as coincidence. But I'll tell you this: um, the spirit of God, if it's more than just coincidence, if it is a divine appointment, there'll be a certain feel about that that meeting that you're having with that person. And I knew by the Holy Ghost that this was God. This was this is God. I knew by the I could feel the Holy Ghost all over it. And he began to tell me about where he's at, and he had some tragedy in his life, uh, a couple of tragedies actually. And it was a uh, a God moment. And the Spirit of God wanted me to minister to him. And so you know he we're back in contact and we're we're talking and and you know it's my heart to minister to him and his needs. Now that's because. Of the ability to pick up spiritual inferences, things that are happening for more than just a carnal reason. But not only does seeing and knowing help you understand spiritual experiences, but the spirit of seeing and knowing, it helps you get in tune and know what's in a person's heart. In Mark chapter 9 verse 1 to 4, Jesus heals a paralytic in the temple. And after the paralytics healed, the scribes were looking at Jesus and they were distraught. And they hadn't said they didn't say anything. They were mad at Jesus. They thought he was the devil. But Jesus looks at him and he says, "You blasphemers! How is it that you?" And he begins to read what's on the inside of their their spiritual mind. This is the spirit of seeing and knowing, because the spirit of seeing and knowing will cause a spirit or an individual that's standing before you to be naked and bare, not having the clothing of the flesh to cover that individual. Seeing and knowing um, makes it impossible for people to stand before you as hypocrites. I know people today complain about hypocrites in the church. I was with, I can't even tell you how many people have told me, I don't go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites in church. No, no, no. And I say, well, hypocrites shouldn't keep you from going to church. And they just say, yeah, well, the whole church is full of hypocrites. That's not true. You know, don't be silly. You know, you go to basketball games, and people that are cheering for the Pistons, when they lose, will start cheering for the Lakers, or will start cheering for LeBron James. How many times have you seen a Pistons fan go to a Pistons game wearing a LeBron James jersey? That's hypocrisy, sports hypocrisy. That doesn't keep you from going to the Pistons game. Now listen, hypocrisy is the Greek word hypokresis. It comes from the word hypo, which means under, and krenin, which means to decide. Hypo, of course, means, you know, a deficiency. Hypoglycemia means a deficiency in your blood. Or, 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 or hence the word uh, deficiency means a deficiency to decide. Hypocrites don't have any ability or will not make a flagrant decision as to what side they want to be on. And, you know... You study the origin of the word, you'll find out that a hypocrite was the term given to a stage actor in Bible days. They were actors that would play a role so well that you couldn't tell if it was the role they were playing or if it's the person. They were just that good. And to throw this side note in, uh, hypocrites or actors in biblical days were frowned upon for running for political office because they were so good at playing the part that they didn't know if they were playing the part and just saying what the people wanted to be to hear to get elected into office. Anyway, 
Hypocrisy is a matter of the heart and it lies within. If a hypocrite is good enough, you won't even know you're dealing with one. But Jesus, through the spirit of seeing and knowing, he always knew who was a hypocrite. And so when you deal with the spirit of seeing and knowing, when the spirit, when I say the spirit of seeing and knowing, I'm calling it, that's the same as the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's the spirit of, that's the helper, it's the Holy Ghost. The spirit of God through seeing and knowing will tip you off and it will make it impossible for hypocrites to exist around you because he will always expose them before they can play the part in front of you. Always know who you're dealing with. You will you'll see right past the part and you'll see right in to the inner man. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 16 that you'll know people by their fruit. Now listen to this. Listen to this. You will know people by their fruit. You'll know a person based upon the fruit that they have within. Just as your flesh has an identity, your spirit has an identity. The things that you do outwardly will add or subtract from the stature of your outer man. Okay? You know? The things that you consistently do to your outer man are going to produce outward fruit. Think about you walking in the mall. You see a woman who's built up like a bodybuilder. You see a man, he's built up like a bodybuilder. He has muscles big enough, you know, that are bigger than the size of your, your whole brain and your head. And you just know by looking at his muscles that this person or her muscles, that this person probably gets up and goes to the gym every single day. Five, six, seven times a day, probably eats healthy, has high protein in their diet to have those kind of muscles, probably doesn't drink pop and eat Krispy Kreme donuts every day. But you've never seen this person in their routine. All you're doing is looking at their fruit or the evidence of their routine. So you never have to see them in the gym to know they're in the gym because their muscles tip you off to the fact of what they're doing. Well, similarly, your spirit produces fruit based upon the things that you consistently do in the spirit realm. And I've talked about meditation. I've talked about what you meditate on. It doesn't matter if you don't even acknowledge that you're a spirit. Your meditation is going to put you into the spirit realm. If you start fantasizing about lust and you're consistently lusting on a regular basis, you're going to start producing a profile in the spirit of someone who's full of lust. You start meditating the word of God or then you're going to start producing someone who's full of the Spirit of God. You start full of anger. Everywhere you go, you're rageful and angry and mad. Well, guess what? It's going to start happening. You're going to start producing that profile for yourself in the Spirit. Or if you gossip consistently, gossip, 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 chip, 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 just gossiping everywhere you go. People will start becoming uneasy around you, and they won't know it, or maybe they will, but it's because they are picking something up that you're a gossip. So you have to be, that's why the Bible talks about sanctification. So when you do things like praying, meditating the word, walking in love, you produce a fragrance of good fruit in the realm of the spirit. But if you do things consistently wallowing around in sin and uncleanliness and things that you shouldn't do, guess what will start happening? The stench of rotten fruit will begin to be produced within and a hypocrite is someone who gives off the odor of rotten fruit and tries to cover it up with the smell of charisma, false sincerity, smooth talking, humor, joking, smiling, outward inferences, whatever it may be. But here's the thing. The spirit of seeing and knowing will always inform you of what fragrance they're giving off on the inside. And you won't be fooled by the outward scent. You as a believer, me as a believer, all of us as believers, we need to allow the Spirit of God to guide our associations. You know, when you meet someone from the first time, I'm not talking about be, be flaky and be spooky. Because you can't get into this by yourself. You need the Spirit of God's help to help you operate in seeing and knowing. You, you just can't just jump wide into this, right into this. The Spirit of God's got to help you. That comes through praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, meditating the Word of God, worship. Getting around the presence of God. You just start getting around the presence of God. You'll start to see how he starts cooperating with you effortlessly. And when you meet someone for the first time, you need to get a spiritual profile of them. You know, when I meet someone for the first time, I quiet down, see what's on the inside. And they may be talking and talking about all the things that they do and have accomplished or who they are. But when the spirit of seeing and knowing of the Holy Ghost is with you, he'll tell you whether or not they are who they say they are. And based upon that, 
he'll even instruct you how deep you should get involved with that individual. Um, you know, we may get different instructions. You may be told, don't even get involved with this person. And you don't need to know why, just don't, or don't even get suspicious. If he tells you don't get involved with someone, you don't need to get suspicious. Just don't get involved with the person. Or he may tell you, you can proceed, but proceed with caution. In other words, don't just jump right off the deep end with this person. So if the Holy Spirit has placed a certain cap on how far you should get involved with a person, uh, the minute you go past that cap or the minute you venture Past that point is the point that you're going to start to get hurt. You hear me? Don't go past what the Holy Spirit tells you to do when you're dealing with a particular individual. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15.33 that evil communication corrupts good manners. Paul was telling you this because in 1 Corinthians 5, there was a gentleman in the church at Corinth that was sleeping with his father's wife. It wasn't his mother. It was almost like his stepmother. And he was sleeping with her. And it wasn't his biological mother. And through this fornication, the church at Corinth was tolerating and accepting him. And Paul said, throw him out of the church. Throw him out of the church. He judged this man's actions as wrong and did not want them getting involved with him. And Paul was disappointed because he felt that by this time of spiritual maturity, that they should have known that this was a bad apple, and they didn't know it. That's because A, they were too tolerant on sin, or B, they weren't able to discern rightly who was in their midst, because he was probably a charismatic gentleman. And when we uh, don't listen to the voice of the Spirit, we judge people by the outer man. And we cannot continue to do that. We have to look at the inner man and allow this. We, that doesn't mean we become suspicious of people. Everywhere you go, someone's out to get you. But if you get a check, if the Holy Spirit tells you something about somebody, you don't share it with everybody. You just keep it to yourself. And you obey what the Spirit of God is telling you to do. Now, Paul told the church at Corinth, throw them out. Get rid of them. You know, he knew the man had a rotten core. And like the old colloquialism is, a bad apple spoils the whole bunch. And Paul was more concerned about the greater good of the church at Corinth than he was this man who refused to receive the mercy of God and refused to get back under the grace of God. And so if you're a leader and you're leading a, uh, a group or a church group or a pastor or an apostle, or if you're a prophet, whatever you are, you're an evangelist, whatever you're doing and you have a team, you have a group, you have a core of people, you've got to be very careful that you function in the spirit of seeing and knowing because as a leader your job is not to allow anybody in the inner circle that's a wolf that would come in and tear up the leadership that would tear up the team that would plant seeds of division that would come in and make everybody upset you know some people come in they don't even mean to do it they just that's just how they are and you as a leader should know by the spirit i should let this person in i shouldn't let this person in I shouldn't let this guy or this girl in. I should, you know, I should let this one in and not this one. Th and, and, and make a leadership decision based upon the Holy Ghost and not upon because you need this particular age group of minister or you need a person that looks like this or looks like that. Foolishness. Stop it. You know, if you let the wrong person in but it meets your agenda, what's going to happen is that person is going to spoil everything. And so... I want to encourage you tonight, friend, as we close the broadcast, that it's important to get in tune with the Holy Ghost. I can't stress that enough. You know, two foundations that every believer needs. The Word of God. You need the Word of God, the written Word of God. You need to read that Bible every day, study the Bible, meditate the Word of God, have that foundation. You know, the Lord told me that if you have a supernatural ministry with signs and wonders, that, number one, you have to preach Jesus. It's, you don't preach miracles and signs and wonders. You preach Jesus Christ and the miracles follow. Number two, you have to be able to teach the Word of God. Teach the Bible. Teach the Word of God. Teach and give the people some meat. And so, after that, you need to function with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the only one that can reveal Jesus to you from the Word of God. And so, allow the spirit of seeing and knowing to function in you, to open up your eyes. So the way you can do that is you can pray. Paul's prayer is found in Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. 
Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, and Colossians 1, 9 to 14, and pray in the Holy Ghost on a regular basis. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in other tongues in your personal prayer life. I pray in tongues every day, all the time, praying in the Holy Ghost, worshiping God, getting in His presence, taking time out to say, I worship you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. And if you're listening tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to tell you that He loves you. That His presence is what you're looking for. It's not sex. It's not another relationship. It's not uh, drugs or alcohol. It's not if you're depressed. There's someone listening tonight. You're an alcoholic and you want deliverance. In the name of Jesus, I break the power of alcoholism over you. And I say in the name of Jesus, be free from alcohol. Be free from it in Jesus' name. Now, friend, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I give my life to you in Jesus' name. God bless you, friend. Listen, next week we'll be back on the Transforming Truth broadcast, 12.15 a.m. here on 103.5 WMUZ, The Light. Keep me in your prayers. I'm going this week to preach in the Bahamas. I know someone's got to do it. It's a tough job, but I'll be back with the report of victory. God bless you, friend. We love you. We'll see you next week. Write to us, P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390, and we'll see you next week. 1215 AM, 103.5 FM, WMUZ, The Light. Now that you've received the transforming truth of the Word of God, go deeper. Go to our website, chrispalmerministries.com, or log on to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Ministries. Then partner with Chris financially at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Walled Lake, Michigan, 48390. And tune in again every Saturday night at 12.15 a.m. for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer on WMUZ 103.5 FM, The Light.